We'll talk. Talk. It's Sting! It's Sting! It is Sting! It's Sting! Hello, my name is Sting! Alright, ready? Let's do it! Welcome to the Brain Buster Boys, uh-huh. episode five. I'm Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Sup, yo. <laughs> Sup, Beaumont. It's all right. Anyway. We would like to thank each and every one of you who have listened, who've been tuning in every week or even just one week. Thank you. We appreciate your support and feedback, uh, but this has been a lot of fun. If you haven't already, give us a follow on the tweet machine at BrainBusterBoys. Gotta say we got two favorites on Twitter. We don't like to play favorites, but we got two. Go for it. We got, first of all, a good cop, bad cop podcast. Who yes. really, like, immediately when we got on Twitter, just kind of reached out to us. Yes. And, like, shared, shared a tweet, you know, shared yeah. the link to the show. Exactly. A great representative of the wrestling podcast community who's helped us, like, build confidence and build steam and momentum. They've retweeted, you know, this. each yeah. week they'll, you know, tag 10, 12 different shows. They've yeah. done that for us a few times. They've engaged with us. So, yeah, yeah. good cop, yeah. bad cop. We thank you, and uh, it's good to the community. Uh, Your podcast's good, too. Yeah, so uh, just looking a little forward into some segments here, our If You Recall segment, we felt it was absolutely apropos mm-hmm. uh, to take a dive back to the last time Sting was on TNT. Yeah. And that was the March 26, 2001 of WCW Nitro, the uh-huh. final show of Nitro. So we're going to get a little bit into that later on. Yeah, heck yeah. And then also our movie reviews. We had a hell of a bookend to Dynamite last night. Transformers and Ready Player One. And, and this, um, to be as democratic as a brain buster boy may be, mm. um, was voted upon by um, our listeners. We're going to without... focus on Ready Player One. Yeah, of course we are. You Not re- to steal your fucking... No, yeah, well, you, well they, they, they saw the title to the show. Yeah, that's... Um, 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 unless, <laughs> yeah, that's lived... unless we miss it up. <laughs> unless they've lived in a pun-free zone all their lives. <laughs> oh, shut up, puta. Yeah, I guess that the but, title but, um, of the episode may be reflected. But we got some big future plans. We we need to talk about because like upcoming is the holiday season and we want to let you all know uh exactly what we're going to be doing what our kind of plans are because dynamite's got three big shows and um you know we are uh gonna take some time off but kind of not yeah you know so what we're thinking right now so we've got next week's show uh the 16th of december dynamite and then for the 23rd december 23rd edition of dynamite which I believe is immediately following NBA on TNT, oh, the yes, Bucks yes. Celtics game. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be doing hopefully uh, Twitter Live or some sort per- of Periscope, Periscope, some sort of live streaming video for you on Twitter. We Point, just googled but, how to do it like ten yeah, minutes so ago. So we'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. We got yeah. a couple weeks, but um, rather than you know going through the recording and you know we typically record on a Thursday, edit Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know whatever works for us. But with it being Christmas, we're not going to do that. So we're going to bring it to you live on the 23rd. It's going to be a real hoot. And it's going to be a classic BBB thing because we're going to um, take you home at the end of the Celtics-Bucks game with our commentary. Then we're going to, of course, uh, you know, sell you through Dynamite. And then whatever movie... Whatever great cinematic frontier awaits us. We hope us. you don't look ahead and spoil it, because yeah, uh, we typically don't. We we come into these pretty fresh each night, and boy, I can't wait for whatever's on it. If you are a TV guide obsessive, <laughs> just just, yeah. just keep that away from yeah, us. Yeah, for yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Hide. And with that, we're going to give you a quick little Cinnabon gazebo update. Please do. Which we referred to last week. And we actually learned uh, that the company that owns all these is called Focus Brands. The, the focus, focus on this gazebo, everyone. But big <laughs> news, really we got both Auntie Anne's and McAllister's Deli to follow us. And we've got, I believe, both Moe's and Schlotsky's at least liked one of Mm. our tweets. So a call to arms for Focus Brands. And that includes you too, Carvel. Yeah, Carvel. We want you in your sweet, sweet dessert treats. Even you. That means you all need to um, um, come to us as much as we come to you. And um, and we're going to be coming to you more. It's the holiday season and we want to get together. 
And we want some Sandos and some cream. Double Sandos. Oh, goodness. Some, some juice. Some, some, zol some pretzels. I mean, when <laughs> Auntie Anne's followed us, it really twisted our brain up into knots. <laughs> it did. Um, do you, do you want to um, premiere um, Tweet of the Week segment? Yes. Uh, real quickly, I just wanted to thank Cinnabon again for all their support and, again, yeah. engaging with us constantly. And I know Bo took part in their sweet, what is it, sweet talk? Sweet talk. Oh, yeah. All right, Beaumont. Uh, we uh, starting something a little new this week. Mm -hmm. The Twitter exchange of the week, yep. which we actually had recorded on Thursday when we recorded the bulk of our episode. However, on Friday there was an exchange that you had that was just yes, too good to pass yes, up. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, we're recording this. It's Saturday at twelve thirty p.m. We're touch maxed. Yeah, we're a little maxed. Um, a little, little too much HBO watching last yeah, night. Yeah, a little bit. You know, we might as well call ourselves Conan and you be O'Brien. Yeah, you got that right. Um, but uh, yeah, we had. A, I had a Twitter exchange that just absolutely made my day and just floored me in all the most wonderful ways. And so, quickly, tell us what we're going to be calling the uh, Twitter exchange of the week. Well, we're going to be naming this after our superstar fan uh, follower on Twitter. Greg Goldman. Greg Goldman. Hey, Greg. We hey. love you, baby. Yes, we do. And um, we are going to be naming this award duly the Greg Goldman Medal. The Greg Goldman Medal, yes, baby. Yes. Let's award it. All right. So the award goes to two people. Um, this was all started by Mama Moose. <laughs> Gotta love it. Which right. Moose is also the name of a wrestler in Impact Wrestling, yeah. which is kind of funny. This is started by Mama Moose at CQ. Teresa. <laughs> so it's it's a picture. Um, it says, doesn't get any more Canadian than a goose on a moose. Happy Friday, everyone. And it's a picture of a moose with a goose laying on its big, broad antlers. Yeah. So, you know, I like roll in there and I'm like, looks like that goose and a moose made a truce. Ooh. And Mama Moose goes, let him loose. Uh-oh. Then I say, on a bed of spruce. Oh, shoot. And then here comes Meredith Silverman oh. um, at Archangel Crew. Just popping in yeah, out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, just popping in while having some juice. Yeah. Woo. Brainbuster boys bringing up the caboose. Ooh, Meredith, that's colored toot, shirt. Toot. Yeah, sorry. Toot toot toot. <laughs> that's hilarious. Right, go ahead. That's it. Just toot toot the caboose. Oh toot. <laughs> that's all. That's all I got. So after bringing up the caboose, Meredith, that's colored chartreuse. Brainbuster boys and showing Footloose, and then oh. Mama Moose breaking character. Oh my God, you guys are killing this game. <laughs> then I say reading Dr. Seuss, Mama Moose, um, and talking about Deuce. Uh, Meredith Summerman while carrying a papoose. So it just kept going. Yeah. Um, and Mama Moose and looking for mongoose. <laughs> and then I closed it out with before it goes vamoose. Woo! So here we are. A thank you to Meredith Silverman and Mama Moose. That's at CQ Teresa and at Archangel Crew. You all were a lot of fun. They both follow us now. We follow them. The inaugural Greg Goldman Medal Award. Is awarded to you too. So, and, um, Greg. And, and Greg too. Yeah. Um, on a weekly basis. But fun times. Keep engaging yes. with us on Twitter at Brainbuster Boys. And then just one other quick little note. Uh, just last night, also, we watched Santa's Slay, starring former WWE slash WCW superstar Bill Goldberg. Who's in the news recently a lot, you know, or being rumored. Because, yeah, yeah, rumored to potentially fight Roman Reigns, mm -hmm. which, pfft, who wants that? But yeah. anyway, we're going to veer next week away from our TNT movie reviews, and we're going to bring you Santa's Slay right in the heart of the holiday season. Yeah. It was surely a hoot. It was Santa just Claus. terrible, Santa. but we had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah. It, was a, it was a big geek sesh, but looking forward to that. And also next week, uh, we're going to do a little Merry Listmas. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have some lists. We don't really know what yet. Top matches, top wrestlers, who knows? We'll yeah. figure it out, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Special Christmas-themed episode before we do our live Twitter episode and go on a little small hiatus, but we're really looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh no, like, Ready Player One is like, if cocaine were nostalgia, if you like fucking just rail an eight ball in like an hour. I get up! That's th th like, like that, that is what Ready Player One is. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to be player one. Actually, I'm always player two, you hear me? So Look one thing about this guy is, um, this guy played Cyclops in one of the X-Men movies. And like, There's he wears a visor in that, and he wears a visor in this. So it's like, this actor is one of the best looking guys to like have his eyes covered, you know? Like he has the perfect face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, like the way they cast him, it's like, yeah, you look really good with the visor on. <laughs> this is insane. 
This is the Oasis. The Oasis. Oh man, dude, the band's better than this fucking dumbass shit. Ready Player One. Uh-huh. We're gonna keep chucking along on this winter loop, and today uh, we're gonna have a little prequel to Dynamite. We're gonna start with our boys Dan and Connie, yeah. aka Don Callis and Kenny Omega. Uh, on Impact Wrestling on Access TV Dan on and Tuesday. Connie. Dan and uh, Connie. Uh, uh, which goes back to last week's episode where Beaumont uh, mistakenly referred to Don Callis as Dan Callis. In, in, the, in the middle of two slight heel pivots. Yeah. In like the heat of them. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. We picked it up in editing and we're like, we gotta keep these. Yeah. And just the way you said it too, it was like, he actually hit Dan Callis. Actually hit Dan Callis. <laughs> so, Dan and Connie it is. And uh, they hopped on the bus with a poor little Josh Matthews from Impact who's just about to get steamrolled. Uh, but this was, you know, this was kind of the first thing we were all waiting for from um, last week's Dynamite. You know, we were anticipating this more so than Dynamite just because it was the first time they were going to well, speak. And we were told. In, exactly. In, in the Marvez trailer interview. Oh, yeah. Like, we were we were 100% told, like, yes, this is when, like, this information yep. is being doled out. You know what else we were told is that Dynamite's on Wednesday. Dynamite's on Wednesday. Oh. But it was, you know. Dynamite's on Wednesday. They get on the bus. The belt is there. They do the ceremonial swapping of the nameplate uh, from John Moxie to Kenny Omega. Kenny makes a nice dig at Josh Matthews, who used to be in WWE. He said, you, you were close with Ambrose, right? Tough enough season one. Ambrose was John Moxley's mm-hmm. name in WWE, so just a nice, fun dig there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Don kind of really dug into the fact of, you know, when did this start? He's like, 27 years ago, I met Kenny's uncle, the Golden Sheik, who trained me in the business and took care of me. So I pledged to him that I would... So he really kind of explained the motivations for and, all this. And, and Golden Sheik is a classic WWF wrestler. Or is that, that's the Iron no, that's Sheik. the Iron Sheik. Ah, so there's okay, been yeah. many Sheiks. There is also the Sheik. So he was probably it, wrestling in Canada. And all, all born out of like the 1980s, like Iran Contra, like the, like the political situation. At Absolutely. The time. Yeah, yeah. So real, you know, Don just gave a real impassioned promo about it. You know, it's his duty to take care of Kenny and how this was all part of the plan. You know, he'd been out of the wrestling business for decades, and he's like. You know, I didn't come back just to start a podcast. Oh, yeah. The way he said it was yeah, pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, I wrote podcasts in all caps in my notes. Yeah, and I didn't come back to just be color commentary at New Japan or work for Impact. This was all part of the plan of sure. them changing history. Uh-huh. And yeah. the first time they changed history was when Kenny, or when Dan Callis booked Kenny versus Chris Jericho at the Tokyo Dome in New Japan which Tony Khan credited for starting AEW. So we all need to give Dan and Connie a bit oh, of our yeah, thanks yeah. for AEW. Oh, yeah. And as I mean, they said. Well, he said the match that changed history. It was, uh, you know, Dan Callison mentioned that Connie Omega, <laughs> you'll put on the match against Chris Babylon. And, you know, <laughs> it was one of the best matches of all Chrissy time. Chrissy B. So thank you, Dan and Connie, for, your, for birthing AEW. But he also said very few people get to change history once, let alone twice. Yeah. And that is becoming, you know, now the AEW champion and, you know, Don playing a part in that. But, um, but good stuff. They get to change history twice. And then Josh kind of asks Kenny about, you know, using that microphone because they had that gentleman's agreement, he and Moxley. Oh, like, yeah, they, they tar- refer back to that. Does this they? tarnish yeah. your legacy? And Kenny flips it on Josh and he's like, well, if your father or father figure was in danger, would you just sit there idly by, or would you want to get, you know? So, like, exactly, Moxley yeah. pushed Dan Callis. <laughs> the microphone was in the ring, and yeah. Kenny, you know, he's like, fuck that. You hurt my dad. I'm going to bonk you in the head with this microphone. Yeah, and, and you know, um, a lot, like, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. A lot of people, like, everyone's booing Kenny. Everyone think that, thinks this is full Which of Which is good. Yeah, yeah, and, like... This is not slight heel pivot. No, this is a heel turn. Yeah, this is a heel turn. Which is actually how the the Bucks closed uh, being the elite by saying that. Sorry, yeah. is there like Kenny turned heel? Yeah, it, but and I hadn't told you I, that. So I don't think this is 180 degrees. And, and, no, and, 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 not and, at all. And, and I'll go into that later because I this is much more than a slight heel pivot, but this is not a full. It's not a full degrees. heel turn. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. But he he is a heel. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. Oh no, yeah. He, he but it wasn't is. like yeah. a light to dark full on switch. But mm-hmm. he's been hamming it up. It wasn't like the um, '98 uh, Survivor Series. Correct. Slot. Yes, yeah, that yeah. was a major. Yeah, like we'd all seen this coming uh-huh. even before the match. We'd sure, seen yeah. it coming. But yeah, absolutely. So 
Um, Kenny also says he feels like the old me again, which again, we've wanted. Basically said that he grew up collecting comic books. Now he's going to collect belts. Oh, and then Dave Callis is like, I like comic books. Yeah. <laughs> no, Do you? you? It's like, no, you don't. And he's like, I, Kenny's like, I got the rarest prize in the game. Action Comics number one, which was Superman's debut. And Dan's like, I know. I know <laughs> Just like immediately. Um, so Kenny, you know, he teased a big announcement at the AEW show, which we'll get into. He referenced Lex Luger and the Lex Express a lot, which was a geek. And he finally did the goodbye and good night bang, as Dan Callis was saying, do the thing, do the thing. Which that was kind of his exit in New Japan a lot when yeah, the yeah, yeah. event shows. But good, great promo here, good stuff, great heel justification. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the rest of the Impact episode, I know you watched it while I was playing Final Fantasy Twelve. I had it on and it was just pretty bland. Like, I, you know, I said this to people on Twitter, I felt like Impact... They knew they were going to have more eyeballs exactly. on the show. Exactly. Well, and like th- there were tons of stats being pumped out on Twitter. They were like, normally they have 3,000 people on Twitch and then oh, they, they have like, 35 Yeah, it's like 40 yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, big number. But it's like, yeah. how do you not make an effort to make the show a little better? And yeah. I'm not going to sit here and shit on it. It wasn't like a bad show, but it was just very average. Yeah. Like the Good Brothers, who you don't really know a lot about yet, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Sure. We're aligned with Kenny in Japan. Mm-hmm. They're a big deal. A lot of the wrestling community likes them. They weren't on the show. Yeah. Like, where the fuck were... Like, I tweeted out. I'm like, those guys got to be on the bus, right? Yeah. Like, but yeah, you know, but it, it was, you know, a good opportunity for them. And they, I guess... They kind of blew. Yeah. But, and, 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 w- but we're still excited to see where all this goes. Like, I want to see Impact Guys versus AEW. Mm-hmm. And we will. And we will. Uh, I just thought it would be a better show. Although, just a quick bit of intrigue to see Rich Swan, the eight, or the Impact Champion, trying to get out to the trailer, yeah. and they wouldn't let him. Yeah. So it could be building towards a Swan Kenny. But Good. we move along into Dynamite, yeah. uh, which started right yeah. away with the Young Bucks versus the Hybrid 2, yeah. which had kind of been simmering for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Hybrid 2 fought uh, Top Flight last week yeah, and then did. attacked they the did. Young Bucks backstage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd been t- you hadn't seen Hybrid 2 too much yet. Uh, but uh, I took uh, yeah. I was in their backstage promo. Yeah, yeah. Just they're they're better wrestlers and th- that they really get shown on Dynamite. So I was excited about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Young Bucks did defeat Hybrid Two in 11 minutes 48 seconds. But we were both uh, really enjoying this the whole time. And I think I re- I referred mm-hmm. to it as high octane stuff. It was in the the um, Hybrid Two were surprisingly high flyers for mm-hmm. their size. You know, they could really bounce. And like you said, they're from Lucha Underground. Yep. You know, typically those guys are a little little bit smaller, center of gravity. Jack's a little smaller, but Angelico's yeah. like 6'3", yeah. you know. So, so they can bounce. I mean, you know, and uh, no, I was impressed with them because I have only seen them coming in at the end of the match and, that, mm-hmm. and the dumpster promo last week. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, Bo, this is another case of another, like, dynamic, high-impact, not for to use the pun, tag team match to open the show. Uh-huh. You know, Top Flight has been a part, like, there's been yeah. kind of a running theme here. Like, sure. let's get to it, and let's get to it quick, and it's yeah. going to be exciting. Yeah, I mean, like, I tweeted this out this week um, about how AEW consistently has really good tag team matches to open. Absolutely. You know, and, like, that's almost an every week thing, and, like, you know, that is really uh, kind of a hallmark of what they're doing. And, uh, you know, typically it's, you know, Young Bucks or like Top Flight had headlined it recently. Yep. You know, we haven't seen uh, FTR, you know, too much with it. But, I mean. Because it's more usually those faster paced teams. Yeah, and yeah. as we'll talk about in the next match, yeah. FTR is well, not well, that. And to their credit, many times we can yeah. predict who's going to win. Typically, But, for like, sure. for the matches to still be exciting, that's a testament. Yeah, they, they yeah. get us to buy in, and each yeah. time it's like, oh, wow, this really could go the other way. Uh-huh, yeah. But, yeah, exciting stuff. You remember the Acclaimed was actually at ringside. Oh, yeah. And, and at one point, I think it was the Young Bucks threw a hybrid two person onto the Acclaimed during the match, and then it was after the match, I think they kind of had a little dust With, with SCU. Oh, that well, yeah. SCU came out, didn't oh, they? Oh, yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, so, but we're definitely going to be seeing the Young Bucks versus the Acclaimed. Sure. You know, they've teased that now two weeks in a row, and I'm excited because I, I think the Acclaimed have maybe been on AEW Dark, but haven't really seen them yet, like Top Flight, so I'm just kind of excited to see and now another new tag team into yeah, this. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, too. You know, if it's going to be anything like the opening uh, tag team matches that we've had, I mean, like, like you know, 
Bring it on. Yeah, feed it to me. Bring it on. Spoon feed it. So spoon it. Sorry. So then we had a quick MJF promo, uh, just talking about his match with Orange Cassidy later and how everything's going to be okay with the inner circle. Remember, it was in front of that garage door, yeah, which yeah, you yeah. mentioned was like a mall restaurant oh, or mall Oh, oh yeah, like whenever they like, close malls, whenever they put those like weird grates yeah. over like the limited <laughs> two, you know, an express. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. And the one thing I written down is he's just like, when I bash your brains in, it was just funny stuff. And then, yeah, we went to this kind of another weirdy uh, Darby Enigma promo. I wrote Black down and white. Darby Word Association. Yeah, they, they were have, like showing him pictures. Oh, the Rorschach test is what it yeah, is. Yeah, being, yeah, the Rorschach test. Yes. plots. Yeah. And, um, but, um, you know, it was good. You know, they had, you know, there was some good humor there. We did find out some information that, that Brian Cage is the number Correct. one contender. I was about to say, yeah, yeah there was yeah. some news broken yes, in there. there was, and, and that's why that's good. And that's you know, going to yeah. be very exciting. You know, we've seen them in matches before and like Darby selling that top rope drill claw. Yeah. You know, you've got the meat mountain against the little wiry fast guy. Yeah, tons of just visual storylines. It's going to be exciting. You know, Taz is going to be there. Ricky Stalks, I'm sure. Powerhouse Hot. Like, the whole crew is going to be there. Yeah, Yeah, we don't know when that match is yet. Yeah. But it's going to be a lot of fun. And frankly, like, Cage has been built up pretty strongly. But you got to think Darby's not going to lose the TNT title right off the bat. So. Probably not. Like, that, that that would be surprising. And I think Team Taz has had racked up a lot of wins. Yeah. And I think, especially with a lot of storylines coming to the front of AEW, like with Cody and, like, the big people. Sting. And Sting, yeah. With Darby, Like, I think Taz is about to become, like, a B or a C storyline for a second. You well, know? I don't know if Sting is mixed up with them and Darby. But, but, but yeah, well, I guess like this is a great way to segue into the Sting thing. Which is you know, kind of yeah. next. But yeah, well, real quick, back to Brian Cage, like maybe Sting helps Darby defeat, you know, even in a very small, tiny well, way. Well, well I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Even no. if it's just distracting Ricky Stocks or, te- I don't know, we'll see. It's yeah. going to be exciting because like, in, you know, in a vacuum, you don't think about Darby being able to beat Cage cleanly. Yeah. You know, he could get a little roll-up or something. But, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. I, yeah. I can't wait for it. Me, me neither. So, yeah, then we go right into, well, first Cody coming out. Yep. Uh, and he's rocking the duster. He is rocking the duster. <laughs> oh, man. Or like dirt J- devil, turn it on. Just like Jake Hager last week. So, given that, you know, they do run these AEW shows outside and it's now December and cold, we're seeing some nice pea coats, some dusters. Yeah. Classic stuff. Different fashion. Uh, but Cody came out. They showed Darby in the crowd again. And then shortly thereafter, Sting yep. comes we, we, out. We, we, with the same intro. And the, the snow is hitting the camera. Yeah, we yeah, noted. The, the, the winter is coming yep. uh, intro, yeah. And we get out there, and actually it was uh, Arn Anderson, Andy Reid, yeah, who was the first one to say mm-hmm. something to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I just want to get a little closer to make sure this is real. And then he's like, I'm gonna he's like, I'm gonna see my way out now. And he just left. <laughs> so you gotta love that. Um and and then Shivani got the mic and he's talking like, well, I don't I shouldn't be in here either. And then we get to see just like joyous Sting and joyous Tony Shivani. Like Sting is like, Tony, are you kidding me? Bring it in here and give me a hug. And it was just great stuff. Like you could see the excitement in Sting. Yeah, you being could. out here and you like could. literally, he said something about Tony Schiavone. Like real life, he's like, "You have no idea how often I think about you or like credit you, like what you did on the announcing, like helping make me a star." No, it, and he's like, "Please just give us one more." It's Sting. Yeah, it was a great build up and like. To something that became almost a meme on the internet. For sure, yeah. and definitely for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it came full circle, and that, and that was, in my opinion, the nicest moment, uh, my favorite moment of the promo. I agree. It was great, because, like, we've talked about it with Tony Schiavone a lot. Like, you can tell he's just having so much fun out there, and yeah. I really think, like, real-life shit, like, that was genuine, and that really meant something well, for well, Sting to say well, that careers, to Tony. you know, rose parallel. Yeah, they, you know, you know yeah. Tony was on... WCW the whole time Sting yeah. was calling up, coming up, called all his yeah. big matches. JR did too, actually. He was in there back in like the late '80s and shit. Uh, in WCW, wasn't yeah. It? And in fact, I didn't know that it yeah. could be a future if you recall. But I watched a Sting Flair match from 1988, and it was uh-huh. JR and Tony. Oh no! I shit. actually oh. meant to like send you a picture of them. Yeah. Like just of my TV, just how yeah. young they look. But like, 
that's why I love AEW too. It's like we've got these guys together now yeah, yeah. that were opposites during the Attitude uh-huh, Era, yeah. but were also together in the late 80s in sure. WCW. Yeah. Like those two have so much history together and it shows at the broadcast booth, like they're so comfortable Chemistry, and having a yeah. good time. Um, but Sting, you know, you I know last night you weren't really like thrilled with it because like it didn't really go anywhere it it like it vocalized what was communicated visually last week. That's a week. good way of putting it. It is my opinion. Nothing really changed. Like other than like he kind of like miffed Cody he a dissed, tiny bit. He dissed Cody because Cody's like, you have no long, you have no idea how long I've been waiting to share yeah. the ring with you. And Sting's like, well, I'm not here for well, you. Well, yeah, and you knew it was him and Darby because Darby was sitting up or in the top rows, and uh, as he tends to do, yeah, which is something that Sting did. Yep, you know, and He'd come uh, from the rafters. Yeah, and, and he kept saying, there's something very familiar about this place. Yeah, and uh, you which know, was the TNT effect and the Dobby effect. Yeah. Yeah. And Sting is like that level of star yes, that yeah. can do that. Uh-huh. And one thing I thought was interesting, you know, we know he signed a multi-year deal, but he's like, I plan on spending a lot of time here. So that's kind of what I'd said about, you know, it's a slow burn Oh, here. it is a slow burn. We know he ain't a WWE guy. Yeah. Like, at all. And, uh, like... This is where he belongs. And he had a lot of just energy. You know, Pat, yeah. he's 61, but he didn't look it. You know, I thought that was really good. I wish there was just a little bit more, like, pushing the storyline along. A little more advancement. Yeah, like a nudge. But um, I will accept the slow burn. Yeah, there we go. So then just a quick um, note. There was a quick uh, backstage promo with Team Taz, and we saw Hook. Oh, we we got to Hook. see oh, Hook for the first time. So he was kind of... Like yeah, so he was in the corner with, you know, it was Taz, it was Ricky Stalks, it was Cage, it was Powerhouse Hobbs, and then just this other guy. And I'm like, I think that's Hook because I'd seen yeah. a picture of him during the week. And yeah, doesn't really look like Taz much. Ricky Starks looks more like Taz's son than <laughs> Hook does. Dude, Ricky 100%. Stalks, again, like just dripping with charisma in this yeah. segment. God, we love these promos with Ricky Stocks. Oh, yeah, they're excellent. Uh, but Hook is now training with Team Taz, no longer training with Cody. So we're excited to see where that goes. And then we go into uh, FTR versus the Varsity Blondes, where FTR defeat the Varsity Blondes in 8 minutes, 24 seconds. Uh, I, You know, I refer to this as a quote-unquote jobber match, but yeah. it wasn't really. Like, it went 8 minutes... You know, we've seen both Pillman and Griff Garrison on Dynamite a little bit. Right. Um, and Griff Garrison looked awesome in the moments he got in, didn't he? Uh, yeah, you know, he did look really good. And, like, a lot of people uh, online were very big in Griff. Yeah. Like, like, he's a name that I saw a lot on yeah. Twitter this week. And Azar, who you all may recall was in our uh, video chat last week, yeah. caught some bits. He even mentioned, he's like, could Griff Garrison have more potential than Jungle Boy? Which those two have been compared to a lot on being the elite is a joke because they look kind of similar. Jungle Boy's young, you know, world of potential, but Griff looks pretty good as well. Um, but we also, you know, we noted while we were watching this last night too that you know the opening tag match has always been like the quick, fast-paced, you know, yeah, yeah. exciting. Not that this wasn't exciting, but slowed down you know and that's kind of what ftr does we you know we talked about last night like they're they're the real yeoman yeah team they are the yeoman AEW. yeah no, and i like them for that the workman-like attitude but they got the job done here um but again griff garrison looked good pillman looked really good too uh a local guy i mentioned uh hopefully we'll get him on the show here at some point Pretty exciting yeah uh but one also small note is Dax Harwood did hit Pillman with a brain buster. He did, yeah, yeah, I wrote that but, down. But, uh, yeah, good, nice little fun match. And then we go backstage to, I think, one of each of our collective favorite moments yeah, in the I show. Mean, I mean, I think for I, it was my high point. With our guy, Alex Marvez, with the glasses back on. Yeah, glasses Marvez. And huh? with... Hangman Adam Page. In an amazing shirt. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote down that the shirt reminded me of a desert sunset. Oh, yeah. Great shirt. And, um, and like the, even, but that, that not even the best part of it. Yeah, yeah. not even close. And I don't even remember what uh, Marvez was kind of saying. Because real quickly, our guys Silver and Reynolds popped up from behind the bar in mm. cowboy hats. Like, howdy, partner. Yeah, it was beautiful. And, and, and that's like, you know, if you've seen the picture of this episode, yeah. you know exactly what we're yeah. talking about. So I, really, yeah. I think it was something like Marvez was talking to Hangman about how he needs two partners for next week. That's what it was against Matt Hardy and Private Party. 
they pop up, howdy partner, and they're like, come on, hangman, just do it. And he's like, all right, all right, I'll do it for just this one match, but I'm not joining the Dark Order. Um, but man, that was just uh, a lot of fun. Here we go. Marvez. That is a sweet yes. ass shirt. Look at that shirt. Yeah, that shirt is so cron. God, he yeah. fucks and, so and hard. The and the glasses are back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yes. 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 Fuck yeah. Love it. Yeah. So we'll have Hangman, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds against Matt Hardy and Private Party next week. Yep. But then we go into Dustin Rhodes versus 10 of the Dark Order, and we see Reynolds. He's getting there, flexing on the ramp. Yep. Um, and note Lee Johnson, who's been part of the Nightmare family with Cody, Dustin, everyone. He's kind of been more on AEW Dark, but actually came out with Dustin this week, which yep. is, you know, a first. Um, and this match... Not great. Uh, sorry, Dustin Rhodes did defeat 10 in 2 minutes, 49 seconds. Quick, jobbery, as we expected. Exactly. Uh, 10, he's jacked, he looks good, but we knew he wasn't going to win. Uh, but I thought the ending of this was very strange and felt off. Remember, he hit him with like a little running bulldog. Yeah, and he fell over, and then he, then he took off out of the ring after it was over. Yeah, yeah, like typically not a finisher, and the three counts seemed weird. Something was off with this. Yeah. Um, but there was some interesting stuff after where Evil Uno uh, came into the ring and again trying to convince Dustin to join the Dark Order and be seven. Which actually you uh, learned a little oh, bit about. Oh yeah, what, what I did. That, yeah, that means the dust. Well, yeah, he, he played a, a, a character seven where he wore like this big flat brim cowboy hat. Where uh, I said online, and a lot of people like this, he looks like Zorro yeah. with an affinity for belt buckles because he had all these like little belt buckly yeah. things. So he did that, I guess, in WCW. And, and I didn't even yeah. know. And you know, I consider myself a pretty decent wrestling historian. I was unfamiliar with it. I think it was like a 2000 WCW. Okay. So like assy logo. Assy logo. Ah. So like, um, but yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, Evil Uno also referred to Dustin as the third most important Rhodes in AEW behind yeah. Cody and Brandy, who's the chief branding officer. Right. He smacked Uno after that. Just a, you know, good, good little fun segment. But yeah. I don't know where it's really leading, but it Some intrigue with Dark Order, but not nearly as interesting as Hangman. Yeah, and like I just don't see, like the Dustin versus 10 match just seemed a bit random. Yeah. Oh, CGI oh. Spielberg. I feel like this would be cool to see in like an IMAX. Yeah, it would It would be like, if the story, like basically the story's all about like, hey, do you remember the late 80s? So yeah. That will help you save the world. Dude, the fucking Oasis is insane. Honestly, I could I, I could watch this whole movie. I'm not yeah, going right. to right now, but I'm intrigued enough. Yeah. Better than Transformers. Oh, dude, yeah, easily better. I mean, this is at least Steven Spielberg. Like, there's at least going to be, like, a bit of a heart to it. Yeah. Like, Transformers is just depressing chaos. Yeah, just rubble. The Oasis was the brainchild. All right, so then we go into the Shivani interview with Brandy, Rhodes, and Shaq. Um, you know, I think we were both excited about this, but yeah. uh, this one fell a little flat, didn't it? Yeah, touch. You know, um, it. Uh, you know, had a lot of promise, and I mean, obviously, we were excited about it whenever Jade Cargill came out and talked about it. Um, but yeah, you know, they were all seated in these chairs. There was this black curtain. It was, you know. Just like a weird setup. Yeah, just a very bland, like, let's sit and talk setup. Um, yeah. Shaq said uh, he was a fan of Jade, and, you know, my family's known Jade for a long time. Which is really <laughs> weird, because it's like, Jade's like 25, and he's, you know, like 50. <laughs> like, you know, did he go to her eighth birthday party? <laughs> is, that, is that what he's insinuating? 
And Brandy was just all upset about it. Her arm was in a sling, which Jade from the broken arm. Jade did it last week. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't really much to this. And you other know, than getting water thrown when yeah, Brandy threw water in Shaq's face, which was kind of like you know after it had almost wrapped up. Yep. Um, but it, you know, not that great. We don't need to spend too much time on it. But I did think it was kind of funny that Shaq is like, "You should get some pointers from Jade." <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, probably more, I'm sure there's more to come from this. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to see Jade and Brandy in the ring at some point, and I hope we see Shaq sure. back at some point yeah. soon. Uh, but, yeah, I think this had a little bit more promise than what it actually delivered. Yeah, disappointing. And then we're over, headed... over for 2 on the promos, in my opinion. Oh. And then we're headed into the Inner Circle Ultimatum. Uh, will they stay together? Will they break up? Yep. Uh, Jerrica, right from the start, said this is a very serious night for the Inner Circle. Could be their last night. He's wearing, like, an insane red jacket. Yeah. Um, Santana wasn't there. I read that his stepfather had passed away. Right. Which he actually just lost his father not too long ago. Mm. So prayers out to you, Santana. For we sure. love you. Uh, but more S-words in this, a lot of shits, and uh, uh, MJF had stepped up to the mic, and Sammy had just had enough. Um, you know, this had been simmering for a while. Yeah. Um, but, you know, long story short, the inner circle is going to stay together. Sammy said he trusts Jericho with everything, and he's willing to kind of put aside his disdain mm-hmm. for MJF. Uh, there was some fun Wardlow, Jake Hager bits during this. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's now, like, you know, at a nine. That's the thing that's, you know, really simmering off the pan. It, and the Sammy and MJF stuff is the slow burn continues. Yeah, it yeah, continues, it does, and yeah. I think we're good with that. I mean, I, you know, I personally didn't want to see the inner circle break up yet, and we we got some more, like, okay, this is coming soon. Or them to rush this story to, like, sure. it's, you know, logical endpoint. Um, a funny line that I did say where Ortiz said to MJF, he said, Max, you're growing on me like a fungus. Yeah. And I thought, like, you know, pretty well written. And also, right before that, he said, Wardlow, you're great. Never change, which I <laughs> thought was awesome. That yeah, was a geek. Uh, Wardlow's definitely been, like, one of these guys in AEW who hasn't shown his full capability. Like, he's going to be so awesome. Oh, JR said he'll be challenging for the AEW yeah. championship Yeah, when he's someday. truly yeah. unleashed, he's going to be sure. so good. Um, yeah. pretty much what all the uh, um, post steak dinner, what all the inner circle stuff. How yeah, it's been. and they all did the middle fingers to the middle yeah. at the end. But yeah, Sammy MJF, Wardlow Hager, these are about to blow. Yeah, oh, easily. Yeah. Um, then there was a quick uh, FTR interview with Marvez. Nothing too much to it. Um, you know, they're basically they're ready to challenge for the tag title. It's kind of more the same we've seen. Sure. But, yeah. Um, then we go into. Butcher and the Blade and Eddie Kingston defeat the Lucha Brothers and Lance Archer in 8 minutes, 28 seconds. That's a quick match, dude. Yeah, th- it, w- it was fun. You know, like, we've, we were kind of, like, talking about, like, how did this... Why is Archer now in the mix of this? But yeah, I re- all of a sudden, yeah. It went back to the Battle Royal from months ago where yeah. he... It might have been at Double or Nothing, but where he eliminated Kingston. I think that's it. Um... But yeah, kind of a weird story, but a fun little match. But uh, Phoenix got the got pinned again, and I know you mentioned it last night. Like the Lucha Brothers have been taking a lot of losses. They have lately. been taking a lot of losses, and like a lot like the Dark Order. I think the Dark Order is much more due for a win um, than the Lucha Brothers, but they're not far behind. Like they are kind of like in sort of a you know a downward kind of trajectory, mm-hmm. and they're going to be back up. Like there's oh, going to be sure. some sort of they um, just realigned with Pac and the Death Triangle. Yeah. Pac wasn't there last night, but yeah, they're going to be fine. But I want to see a little more from them, and I think you do too. Yeah, and I and I think we will. I mean, Butcher and Blade have had like they've a big two solid. weeks. They've, they've had a big two weeks. Big, with Kingston. big couple months. They've been yeah. They've been on a nice yeah, little yeah, roll. yeah. Ever since they teamed with Eddie Kingston, they have like really been elevated, and uh, I think they've shown their stuff fairly well. Uh, but Butcher and Archer also had a big uh, big meat boy fight in the ring. Very exciting. And yeah, uh, yeah. the power bomb neckbreaker finished Phoenix, but Archer uh, Archer beat the shit out of everyone after the match. So 
curious to where this goes. You know, Pack is going to be back. Like yeah. Kingston is kind of feuding with now Archer and Pack. So sure. good to see him mixed up in a lot of shit. Yeah, though. this was Loki a really good match. A really good like agreed for an episode that was a lot about setting things up and sowing seeds. Very promo. Yeah, heavy. yeah, yeah. I think this match did it better than most in this episode. Agreed. And then quick backstage to that jobber Red Velvet getting beaten up again by Jade Cargill, Clock. Vicky Guerrero, and Nyla. Oh, that tweet was for one. And then we go into Zombie Lady. Zombie Lady. Zombie Lady. Abaddon <gasps> defeats Jobber Tesh Price in a minute and 14 seconds. I wrote that in my notes, too. Yeah, not much there. Uh, JR did say something about put the women and children to bed because <laughs> Abaddon, the zombie yeah, lady. Zombie lady. Sheeta came out at the end. Yeah, Sheeta came out with the uh, with the kendo stick. You know, yeah. we're obviously building towards yeah. that after last week's promo with the lights flickering. Yeah, and how true. about this? Uh, do you think Abaddon wins the AEW Women's Championship? I don't know. Um, how interesting would that be? I mean, I, I, like... She has had the belt for a while. If I knew Abaddon as well as I knew Kenny Omega, I feel like I, I could make a much more educated guess. And nobody knows Abaddon. Yeah, yeah, She'd yeah. been hurt for a while. Yeah. Like, she debuted and then got hurt. Um, but. I'll go with Sheeta because, like, you know, like, when you have a Moxie-like champ, I don't think you have them let go of that belt very easily. To a zombie. Yeah, yeah, to zombie lady. I mean, unless they really want to take, like, the women's division plots and just go off the deep end, which, like, think about all the other stuff they have going. you got Britt Baker shit going. And Rough you Thunder Rosa. you got Thunder Rosa stuff going. Yep. you got Anna Jay stuff going. Yep. Like, you have a lot of different things going for, like, Abaddon to come in and wreck things, but maybe they'll do it's that. Possible. It's possible. I mean, po- I thought Anna Jay, there was a chance yeah. she could have won it. Yeah, I would, I'm going with Sheeta as well, but... Me too, interesting. Yeah. It'll yeah. be interesting. But then we get to the moment we were all waiting for after Impact on Tuesday. Dan Con- and Connie. Dan and Connie arrive by helicopter. <laughs> if you recall. Yeah. Um, and I think JR's like, what an impact! As like they've been using these impact puns. Oh, fire um, away. Dan Callis in his pink sunglasses, his pink socks. Dan Hunter S. Thompson Callis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we get down there, the silhouette, we got Kenny and, you know, we got the cleaner women. First time as the, as the AEW champion come, entering into the ring. And yeah. he comes out the other side. He's wearing the white Miami Vice jacket. Uh, JR again drops the, they ran like scalded dogs. And <laughs> Tony Schiavone starts, he's like, I've been in the wrestling business since 1983 and I've never been more disgusted. Um, which reminded us. Of Joe Buck, circa what year is that? Like, I don't know, like oh four. Yeah, when, when like Randy, Randy Moss, Moss catches this fake t- moons the crowd. Yeah, he catches this touchdown at Lam- Lambeau, and he like fake moons. He doesn't pull his pants down, but yeah. in, for his touchdown celebration, he does the gesture of it, and then Joe Buck goes. That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. And yeah, just like Tony Schiavone, he's disgusted. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this promo, it was great. It, but it was really kind of more of the same from Impact. Yeah. Uh, they kind of just kept kept up the same shtick. But I did love how after uh, Dan Callis was, like, kind of talking, he's like, and I'm going to introduce to you Kenny by God Omega. And they talked again about, you know, making history, you know, kind of the same stuff. But I did love the way Kenny put it. He called it a seven-star match. It wasn't, but when you're a heel, you got to say that. But he's like, it was a performance. It was fine art. It was inspirational. And, like, I have long told people that aren't really wrestling fans that, like, dude, wrestling is art, really, when it comes down to it. Oh, totally. It is a performance. It's theater, yeah. And he's right. That, you know, while... I rated it four and a half stars. It wasn't the best match well, I've ever seen. Well, you said it wasn't seen, as good as full gear. But it was awesome. Like, I did say the story is what worked. Like, it was a great... Yep. It was well done. And um, the follow-up has been good. They haven't given us too much yet. But, yeah. like, we know more is coming. Oh, and he did do the good night, goodbye. Or goodbye and good night, bang. I want to call it the again. good night and good luck thing. <laughs> you know, but whatever. And then we get to the main event of the evening, the Dynamite Diamond Ring match, where MJF defeated Orange Cassidy in 13 minutes and 23 seconds. But uh, but this was a really fun match. Uh, I think we all was good. thought MJF was going to win. You know, there was a chance Orange could have pulled off the upset. But, 
you know, some near falls at the end. MJF working Orange Cassidy's hand the whole no. time. One thing, remember um, a few episodes ago, I talked a lot about, like, how you break into a match against Orange Cassidy determines how well you do. Remember how Silver didn't handle, like, his kicks yeah. very well. Yep. And um, Silver was and, buying and, 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 and into it. And then Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian. <laughs> Kick Sabian. And then Kick Sabian didn't handle it. But, like, MJF was, like, right into it. Oh, yeah. And, like, that telegraphed very well that, like, oh, yeah, like, Orange Cassidy's probably going to lose. And, uh, but it was very cool, like, Orange at one point dove outside to try and hit him with the orange punch, and he hit his hand against the guardrail. Guardrail. And then MJF, like, put Orange's hand in his own back pocket and slammed him against the ring, and then he kept yeah. working on that hand all match. Like, you love, like, that's Bret Hart, that's Hiroshi Tanahashi, that's isolate a body part, and you rarely see it with a hand. Yeah. But it makes so much sense with Orange because he's always got his hands in the pockets and he's always doing the punch. So that was just great, great stuff out of MJF. Classic. Well, one thing I noticed about MJF's form is he's always very quick to pin. Like, like, he had about, oh, yeah. like, seven or eight near, like, pinfalls there. And, like, I think that's, you know, that's really good. It says a lot about his character. It's like... He's trying oh, to get the W. Yeah, you're trying to get in and get out, you yep. know. And, um, like, for people who really hate him, it's like, oh, yeah, you're doing that because you're not so good. But then, you know, the people who, you know, kind of side toward it, it's like, oh, yeah, you want to get out of the match. You want to end this because yeah. you don't think this is, like, the biggest thing on your plate. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we had the bat spot again with M- you know, Jericho threw the bat in. Yep. MJF faked like he got hit. And then Orange faked like he got hit. Orange ended up hitting MJF with not one but two big orange punches. Yeah. Um, but it actually came down to our fucking dude Miro. Yeah, just, again, just booking it down to the ring. Cent- uh, c- center shot. And yeah, he ended up beautiful. knocking out uh, Orange Cassidy... MJF rolled over, yeah. got the one, two, three. But the real highlights were after the match where Miro was just beating the shit out of oh, the oh, production staff. Oh, yeah, no, he threw, like, the audio guy onto the turnbuckle. Threw him <laughs> off, and he threw one guy off the stage. And yeah. I remember JR, it was either JR or Tony's like, I hope that guy's family isn't watching right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's, no, 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 what's going on? What's going on? Hell yeah! Yeah, just 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 a big beautiful brawl here. Just a fuck. Oh, oh no! 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 And no, that no, was that no. was that. Look at that sweater though. <laughs> that was that baby. Like oh my oh, god! Hands in the pockets by me. Yeah, that that, that and and that was fucking that. It's over. There we go. That was Get that him. fucking Miro, man. Uh, Get him involved. I mean, I did want Orange Cassidy to win that, but like, this was an interesting way to end it. That was pretty. Oh, that was pretty cool. So you know, we talked about it a little off air. Solid episode of Dynamite. Wasn't the best. Wasn't the worst. Yeah, I mean, like, it was fun. It did good setup when it needed to do good setup, but like, there were some things that it could have hit that it didn't hit. Um, you know, but I think we've been spoiled. And the matches were good, not great. I think the best match was the opening tag, Young Bucks versus TH2. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was solid. I'm not, I had a lot of fun watching the show. It's not fucking Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. So it's great. It's crime. Uh, quickly, our top five moments. Um, so. You know, like we just said, it wasn't the greatest show, so it was a little tougher to pick, but I have number five, just the MJF versus Orange Cassidy match. A lot of good near falls at the end, those two big orange punches. It was just some very solid action. Yeah, 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 yeah. solid action, and, like, decent storytelling, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Number four, and coming off the heels, I have Miro losing it in his Versace. (laughs) Just Mm. all of what we just talked about. Versace Miro. Him chucking the dude up. Beauty. Him chucking the dude off, power bombing one, just beating the shit out of staff. Yeah, you yeah, gotta yeah. love that. <laughs> uh, number three, again, just talking about it, the Young Bucks versus TH2 match. I think it was the match of the night. A lot of cool spots in there. High energy, good pace. Getting to see the hybrid two yeah. in a big match and, on Dynamite. A great pace setter. And um, I mean, like, like I said, 
Um, AEW does that very well. Yep, just Those good opening shit. tag team matches. Number two is the Hangman and Dark Order interview with Marvez, the Howdy, Howdy Partner. Yeah. Um, Hangman finally agreeing to become partners with Silver and Reynolds, which I I can't wait for that match. I I think they're going to win. Because one, Matt Hardy can turn on Private Party to some degree, and two, they'll further the seeds of this Hangman potentially joining the Dark Order. I completely agree with you. That's like far and away the more interesting choice. Because Hangman's like, I'll do this one match, but I'm not joining your stupid cult, and I'm sure there's going to be a little more tugging on the arm. It's kind of what they did with Colt Cabana, who's now just a full member. It's like he had some matches with them, and he'd get a win, and it's like, oh, okay. So. The Hangman stuff, very intriguing. You know, he's certainly one of my, if not my favorite guys in AEW. He's you fun. know, you know, we love Silver here on the program. No, you know, it's going to be an alignment of things we love. Yeah, it's going to be fucking great. And number one, this is really just by default, is just the cleaner Dan and Connie. Just we're here, we're AEW DC champions. Comics, we're beautiful. running the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just like again, it kind of talks to how this episode was just. You know, pretty solid, uh, but it's just good to see Kenny Omega in his rightful spot. Yeah, and as kind of a heel, you know, not but but the but, full... but, it, but it's earned. Like yeah, you know, like, like 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 you know, this is completely earned. This is what it's been heading toward, and um, yeah, they deserve this moment a thousand percent. And I'll take all the Dan Callis on television. You can take. Yeah, like, no, Dan, no, he's Dan, outstanding. No, Dan Callis has been fun. He's great. Uh, can't wait to see more and where this goes, and especially with Impact. Uh, now, uh, what burns my ass? Ow! Ouchie! Um, mine is the Shaq segment with Brandy and Tony Schiavone. Um, you know, I'm a big, big Shaq fan. Big fan of NBA on TNT. Shaq's awesome. He's the gravy, as we talked about, uh, during our Thanksgiving episode. Uh, and this was not due to Shaq whatsoever. I thought Shaq killed it in what limited, uh, you know, ability he had to kill it. He had some funny quotes. He had the face at the end after he got hit with the rotter, 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 rotter. But Brandy Rhodes was kind of annoying, and I think we just really thought there would be more coming from this segment. Exactly, yeah. And I'll I'll stem off of that. I wrote, burns my ass, botched promos. Oh. Yeah, um, Shaq is one, Sting is another. Number two! Okay, yeah, see, you and I disagree on this, and that's yeah, fine. Yeah, um, I thought they were, like, all both kind of glorified cameos that didn't really... Move things. Just like, okay, like, you want to say, like, oh, yeah, like, this proves that Sting's going to be a part of AEW. I show up like, work early today. I think that was confirmed kind of last week. When it signed. And I also think it's also confirmed that it's like, oh, yeah, Sting speaks. Yeah. That they were promoting it instantly. Yep. After he was speaking. And so it's like, you know, I like, I thought those were two things that could really push the narrative ball along. Sure. And they didn't. Sure. Sure. the pota. If you recall... Oh, this is going to be a really fun one. And as we mentioned, we're headed back to the last time Sting was on TNT under the tarp. And that's March 6, 2001, the final edition of WCW Nitro, uh, which ended with Sting main eventing versus Ric Flair, which was apropos. I mean, they're the two biggest stars the company had had. Yeah. It made a lot of sense. Um... But you and I, we didn't watch the whole show, and we didn't watch it together. We watched the end. This is the end of the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. This, this is the very... That this, was no, the no, 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 no. This is like the... This um, ended it. Um, at Panama City Beach. Yes. As uh, Vince referred to... Redneck Riviera. <laughs> as a redneck beer joint. So the show opened, and we're not going to go through the whole show, but Vince McMahon saying it was only a matter of time before I bought my competition. The very fate of WCW is in my hands. And then it went to Tony Schiavone and Scott Hudson, some jobber on commentary, and just Tony looked so distraught. Yeah. Like, you could tell he was just pissed off that Vince McMahon bought yeah. the company. And, you know... In real life, like he was out of the wrestling business forever and kind of had some disdain. Where did he go? Did he go to TNA after this? No. So he did one day in it, which he said during the paid advertisement that he and Tony Khan did on Impact Wrestling that we didn't even talk about, which was fucking fantastic. He's like, I "I did one day there and I hated it. And that was that. But so I haven't even told you this. He so he had been the AAA announcer for the Atlanta Braves for a long time. He does Georgia football. 
I met him twice. Really? When I worked, you met Skiva? When I worked for the Louisville Bats in 2009, he was the Gwinnett Braves announcer. And then when I worked for the Atlanta Braves in 2012, we had a game at their stadium. And he was, you know, I'm not going to say he was an asshole because he wasn't, but you could tell he wasn't as just happy and joyous as he is now. Like, me and another buddy in Louisville actually tried to, like, get him to talk about wrestling shit, and you yeah. could tell he didn't want to. And that's why, like... AEW has like changed. He's he's loving it. So I mean, the match was it was fine. It, it was, was cordial. What it, cordial. Is it the was word what I it needed to be. To. Yeah, it was like an eight an eight minute match. It was Short, a gr- yeah. it was a great send off for WCW. Yeah, everybody like got to do their move. And yeah, I kinda, they got their they all got their stuff in. You got to see the Flair face plan. Yeah, and like you know, like it had. You know, the, the, the Scorpion Deathlock and yep. the, the uh, Finger Four, you know. Whatever. Yeah, Finger Four, Scorpion Deathlock, and, the, you know, Sting did win with... Uh, he tapped out. Yep. Flair tapped out. And Sting pulled him up, and they had a handshake and a hug, and it was all one... Like, fine, it was it was very good for what it needed I think, to be. I think before we go into Vince's thing, I think we need to talk about that logo. Oh, that assy logo. assy logo. I've been like, that's the word Just I've been using absolute dog oh, shit. Oh, it, it looks like it's escaped... From somebody's barbed wire bicep tattoo. Like, that's exactly what it looks Goldberg's. Like. Yeah, it does. It, it's like... Remember, Goldberg had just the classic... Yeah, oh, that's yeah, it. yeah, just the disgusting one. And, uh, yeah, like, I just think, like... that. Lo- and they used, it for, they used it for, like, a year and a half. Oh, like, like, during like, when the company was just shit. Oh, yeah, they were yeah. sinking shit. Yeah, yeah, that's their death knell logo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, to me, that's a thing of beauty. Um, but anyways, we cut to Cleveland... Um, and Vince which Mc- is where Raw is. Oh, yeah. WWF and, and, Raw. And a great cut, like, where Vince is strutting you here. No chance! Yeah, and we're you know? six yeah. days before WrestleMania where Vince is about to fight Shane, which is a fucking great match, Yeah, the Czar of Sports Entertainment. He brings up Turner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like, I want Ted Turner to come down himself and sign the contract. Which, like, you do a good impression because I forget how his voice was this yeah. rattling. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to sign the contract when Ted Turner himself... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah, what what other thoughts did you have about uh, Vince? Um, Vince is like, yeah, I got the contract signed. <laughs> you know, they're WWR. You know, and uh, you know he's gonna sign it. Then you see Shane on the jumbotron. He's like, no, actually, I signed it. The name on the contract yeah, is McMahon, McMahon, but it's Shane. But Shane then, McMahon. But then you know the meme. Where Vince like has the bug eyes where he's like, yeah, what? Yeah. That's the meme yeah, face yeah. right there. Oh yeah. Like 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 that a hundred percent is that meme and I did not know that. Oh yeah. And that's the meme face. Hell yeah. yeah. Here we go. Now we got the title sequence. Ten minutes in. You know Goldman's weighing in within the next. Yeah, one. he needs to. <laughs> Who Dick Skywalker said something to it? <laughs> Dude, let's be friends with him. Let's get friends with Dick Skywalker. He sounds crying. Skywalker. And all he said was LMFAM. <laughs> Dick Skywalker. <laughs> Nolan Sorrento. Who's Sorrento? No, he's the villain in this. Nolan Sorrento. Oh, in the film? <laughs> Yeah, we, we need to change our Brain Buster Boy name to Nolan Sorrento. <laughs> Somehow you gotta get past King Kong here. Yeah, I'm at least entertained when I'm... Oh, Gre- Greg Goldman says play it ready player one. Of course he does! <laughs> That's so tight. Whoa. Uh, yeah, fucking if Goldman says we're doing ready player one, we're easily doing it. Fucking Goldman, dude. We're rounding third and heading to home. This is now the second week I've used that for Marty Brenneman and Joe Nuxall, the Reds announcers, but uh, our Star Wars can comparisons. We got a couple of interesting ones this week, Belmont. Take us home. All right, number five, Jabba the Hutt. Are you ready for this? this is, we're this, still with Pepsi here. So yeah. after this, we have two more Pepsis, or is this it? Well, like, we have two more Pepsis, okay. and then, like, half the Mountain Dew is interesting. Then we get to Rucola. All right, you ready? Because this is a history that I didn't even know till I read is this. Is this Jabba? Yeah. Jabba the Hutt, that's not his real name. Oh, wow. His name is Jabba the Silagic Tier. Oh, my. Crime Lord and a member of the, <laughs> of the Grand Hutt Council. <laughs> 3.9 meters he stands. His weight is 
1,358 kilograms or 2,993 pounds. <laughs> he came to power. Pre-episode one where he was seen at the Boone to Eve Classic. Oh, with, yeah. with Bib Fortuna, who's one of his posse. Um, he wielded a lot of influence um, through the Hyperlane trade routes during the Clone Wars. And then he continued to operate in the same capacity during the time of the Galactic Empire. During which Han Solo came into his orbit. And Han Solo lost, lost cargo for him and failed to repay his debt. And then, um, as many people know, Jabba the Hutt had Boba Fett capture him with the aid of the Empire at or at, at Cloud City in the Bestman system. Um, and he had Han frozen in carbonite taken to his palace in Tatooine, where, as everybody knows, um, so um, basically Luke, Leia, and Lando, the three L's, come to rescue Han. Jabba takes Leia as his slave, puts mm. her in the chains of the bikini. Um and so Jabba, you know, also captures Luke and he decides to execute them by feeding him to the Sarlacc on his sail barge above the great pit of Carcoon on Tatooine. But his plans were foiled as Leia choked him to death with her chains. And that's the end of one Jabba the Hutt. Who is he? Eddie Kingston. What? <laughs> that's the best. Oh, man. So had to first off had to be someone a little chubby. Just flat out had to be yeah. a, a larger individual. Yeah. You know, I said this to you off air. Taz came to mind multiple times. I did a little research because, like, I mean, I needed to read about sure, yeah, their yeah. episode one. Uh, but, like, I did dig a little into the Wikipedia and, like, racketeering and gangster and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, and, like, yeah. everything I Smuggler, read, I'm like, yeah. this just reminds me of Eddie Kingston. He is, no, 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 he is, he is, because, like, he forces himself front and center. Correct. At, he's at, he's at, a at, factor. Yeah, at, yeah. At times, like like during Return of the Jedi, he is the first friggin' act. Mm-hmm. You know, like he forces himself front and center. He may As not be. Does Eddie? Like we talked about, he's feuding with Pack and Archer. Yeah. He's just all yeah, over yeah, the yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. He may not be Darth Vader, but goddamn, is he a villain? That was wonderful. Are we ready for the next one? Yes. Number six, Senator Palpatine. You know what his first name is? Sheev. S H E E V. Damn. Senator Sheev Palpatine. He's from Naboo. Okay. Um, was born in Thede, which is the capital city, which is where all the action takes place. That place with all the big columns and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, open quote, close quote. He had no family of which to speak. You know, the rest is the mystery because everybody knows he's goddamn Darth Sidious. Um, what? Yeah, no, yeah, which we'll put that on hold. So he embarked on a career in politics. Yeah, he had to get it. Yeah, became politics. a senator of Naboo. And during the Trade Federation invasion of Naboo, he orchestrated... A vote of no confidence, um, assisted by uh, Queen Amidala against Chancellor Valorum, mm. um, a wonner. After which he became Supreme Chancellor of the Galactic Senate, and during the Separatist Crisis of Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars, he was given emergency powers to form the Grand Army of mm. the Republic. Who is Senator Palpatine? MJF. I of course. Which you know if I. And I didn't really think about it. MJF could also be Darth Sidious. He so should gonna... be. Because, like, you know, like, who's the biggest heel in AEW? He's one of them. I think he is probably the biggest. So then wouldn't he need to be Darth Sidious? But uh, he, but he can be both because Senator Palpatine and Darth Sidious are the same person. Potentially. We'll see where we're at when we get to Darth Sidious. But, yeah, yeah I mean, we actually talked about this off-air last week. Like, MJF just made so much sense. And, yeah. like... Even in, you know, we're really looking at these in an episode one lens. And, like, MJF with the inner circle currently, yeah. he's trying to be a little more facey to, like, convince these guys to like, that, like, he's with them. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Just like Senator Palpatine in episode one is, like, sure. convincing Padme or Queen Amidala, I mean, to, like, vote with him or, you know, vote of no confidence or this or that. It's like he's not all bad yet. But yeah. we know he's all bad. Yeah, and like, you know. Yeah, I mean, that makes, I think, perfect sense. And uh, I don't think I'm going to pick MJF again for Sidious. I feel like I, we just can't. Uh, so I'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. And who knows what will happen in the time between now and then. Which we're coming to that next week because our next two cans, you know who they are? I don't. They're our last two Pepsi ones. Let, which, which we'll also have a discussion of like what the Pepsi collective means. Correct. Well. Um, number seven, R2-D2. Mm. Number eight, Darth Sidious. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> Fuck, so, I didn't realize so, it was so, 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 so the bridge is I'm in sight. Screwed. No, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out yeah. and it will be a good conclusion. And... Uh, yeah. I think I've got, yeah, 
Yeah, we can figure it out. Okay. I did not realize he was next week, though. R2-D2 will also be <laughs> be pretty hard. <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, shoot oh, well, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's mostly all we got here, huh? Mm, yeah, what a hoot of a evening. This was a hoot and nanny. It was a hoot and nanny. Uh, we uh, will keep you apprised of our holiday plans, our live streaming plans for the 23rd and potentially the 30th. I mean, we don't know what's so far to look ahead but yeah i mean we'll, we'll definitely be a lot more concrete next week but the plans that we gave you I, I would say are more than tentative yeah and we can't wait to see if any of the other cinnabon gazebo follows us or engages with us in the next week you better uh we love all of you thank you um this is always a blast and always a joy yeah uh, wrestling is tight uh but yeah um Hope you guys uh, just have a good time out there. You yeah, know. and I think that they will. Driving in their cars, listening in their headphones, playing it out of their oh. telephone speakers. Oh. Kissing your loved ones. Yeah, and uh, hugging and caressing them just like you do every time. Framing a Oh my oh goodness. My God. Screaming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, bye-bye. Uh, hey, good night. <laughs>